What's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in. Asian bitches down under the podcast about sharing information and perspectives from the Asian diasporas in society and culture. We encourage you to subscribe to our show by Apple, Google, or Spotify. If you have enjoyed our episodes, please support us by giving us a five-star rating and get your friends on board to listen to us. Finally, we would love you to support this podcast by donating to our Buy Me a Coffee program. Your wonderful support and donations will help us to continue creating the platform for diversity and inclusivity. Make sure you check out the episode show notes for any collaborations we're working with to promote. Thanks again, and we hope you will enjoy today's episode. Hi, this is Jessie Too. Hi, this is Helen. And we are Asian Bitches Down Under. It's another week and we've got a jam-packed session for you today. Session? Why did I say session? <laughs> a lot to get. Well, we just it's been a crazy week, hasn't it, Helen? Yeah, it's bombarded with a lot of things and just yeah, my mental lot. capacity is just overflowed, I think. Yeah, it's too I much. mean, it feels as though every week it's the same kind of a level of stuff going on in the world, I mm, guess. Yeah. Um, but we've got a lot to get through this episode. Um, yeah, like a lot of things have happened this week. Obviously, you know, not that we want to start off this episode with tragic news, but um, how are you processing the shootings in uh, America? Uh, not very well. I'm trying to avoid yeah. news and yeah. I can't because it's popping up everywhere and also... Only until I find out that it's like over 200 mass shootings in US. It's not even half a year through. It's yeah, absolutely mm. heart-wrenching. I don't know yeah. why media does that, but they post, you know, the pictures of the kids. Kids, And yeah. it's just it's, heartbreaking. Yeah, I, I can't, actually can't do yeah. it. Yeah, because I just, I just get teary the moment I see their faces. Yeah, it's so and hard. And what I have, um, I, I think I, um, I don't feel... Uh, I don't feel comfortable right now to talk about it. Um, but I guess I wanted to bring it up just, you know, to make sure we all keep those things in our mind. Like, I don't know, I'm just thinking, I remember thinking like um, last week I went to the Sydney Writers Festival where I saw a panel discussion, I saw, I saw um, Rebecca Solner speak on live stream. She wasn't okay. in Australia. Uh-huh. She was just, a, you know, in her home somewhere in San Fran. And um, she was saying, like, she was she was talking about uh, her new book, Orwell's Roses, which, like, I, I mean, I didn't know that was why she was participating. I just thought she was being invited to speak about her work generally. But um, mm-hmm. if I'd known, I don't think I would have gone just because Orwell is, like, George Orwell is probably the, the person Most depressing. <laughs> I just, I'm so uninterested in old white men uh-huh. who have had already... A, like a a Krillian books written about them. Yeah, like that is. So, I, I would Already rather had a lot of watch. Credibility I would me. rather watch um, an ant all day <laughs> and just follow an ant. Okay. That is more interesting than reading about Orwell. I just I have no interest in reading about famous people in history. You know. So are you disappointed um, that she wrote a book about him? I am. I am. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I am. Like um, someone with her beautiful style of writing and her beautiful way of seeing the world for her to turn her attention to someone so who was like a, apparently homophobic apparently he was a dick in his life like mm. just like i don't know just a very problematic person but um i mentioned i only mentioned this in the context of what i'm about to say uh, rebecca solnit um is one of my favorite writers but um there was one point where she talked about politics and 
the state of the world, right? Mm-hmm. And she's very, 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 very deep in um, climate ch- activism. Yes. And she was saying generally that it's healthy to be optimistic and that um, being pessimistic and cynical is just like and despairing is just like easy she said and she said this she said um wearing um being despairing is like wearing a leather jacket it looks good on everyone but being optimistic is like wearing a pink frock you look kind of ridiculous but it's like it makes you stand out to be optimistic you know Mm. and then i thought yeah that's very true because i tend to be someone who's cynical but um I don't know. I just think personally there is no other way to be because I feel like it's it's okay to be optimistic, obviously, but it's very hard when you have things like what happened, what continues to happen in the States, mm-hmm. you know, about gun violence, about the incremental and drastic um, stripping away of women's reproductive rights. Yeah. You know, everything, um, mm-hmm. everything, like every place in the planet you turn to, there's some fucked up shit happening. And so, like, when the shooting happened in Texas on Tuesday... I just thought my first reaction was like um, there is no – like we don't really have any right to be optimistic when such fucked up shit happens. You know, it doesn't seem to be right. Like how how are you supposed to tell the parents be optimistic about the state of gun violence and gun reform in America when your kid is like – it's just like it's almost insulting. It is. I I feel like it's almost like you're not having an empathy – about what had happened. Yeah, exactly. And then you exactly. just tell everyone to be hopeful when yeah, someone I, I, just lost their child. Yeah, I, I know, yeah. exactly. It just doesn't, yeah, it doesn't sit right with me this week. It's also um, a privilege, I think. It's also a privilege yeah, when you be, don't to, have exactly. anything At jeopardy. detrimental that yeah. happened to your life. Yeah, exactly. It's absolutely exactly. coming from a position of privilege to say something like that. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. just my opinion, but, you know. I think um, optimism and hope is not what I, is not really the source of why I do what I do or like the reason why I do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Like I want to change the world, obviously. Yes. But it's not really hope. It's more anger. Like I'm driven yeah, by anger. Yeah, I agree with that, you. That is yeah. way more powerful and way more like useful, I feel. Like I'm angry about something and um, I, I feel like anger has been a much more um, truthful and honest and genuine emotion rather than the hope. Like, I don't, I honestly don't think, like, I know maybe I've said this to you before, Helen, but Mm -hmm. I don't think, and I know this is going to sound awful, but I don't think that the world is going to be much different for by the time your daughter gets to our age. Like, Mm -hmm. I I actually don't think she is going to have a life much more different than you you and me. But I'm still going to, like, I'm still angry about it. I still want to do what I can to call shit out and and Mm. demand keep demanding that um things change however small you know i think that's the importance of being angry about things that not because we're not happy about our life but it's because we're unhappy about how people are treated and we both are we we keep talking about this like both of us are very in a very privileged position i do feel like my kids they will grow up to be adults who are similar to us they wouldn't need to worry too much about their basic needs in life but however we're talking about people who are less privileged and oh, i'm just going to get teary talking about this but you know there there are people who ex- has experienced very bad i don't know how to put in this my mind's just not in the right uh, mindset to talk about this yeah but what i'm saying i'm what i'm trying to say is that there are bad things happen and when you're saying that oh just be hopeful just be optimistic it's almost like those 
politicians gone to a public event saying that oh you know how how often after the shootings like this a lot of politicians and let's say are the national rifle association they'll say that oh i'll say our prayers you know how they go into public events and saying that oh our thoughts and prayers prayers are with the families of the victims but those two <laughs> what what does those do? What does those things yeah, do? Of it, it does it's, no it's, shit. It, 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 there's no, no exactly. improvements. Can you just fucking do some actions? Have some proper policies and regulation implemented to change the gun laws. But I'm just gonna go into too much if I'm going to dive yeah, into no. this. But I know, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we, we we don't want to do that now. Not, yeah. This is not one of those episodes. Yeah, we're not focusing on that today. But um, I guess we just wanna have that in in the mm. back of our mind always um and uh i guess um that's why i actively try and avoid so um kind of reading about those things mm. because um it is actually just like um really um insulting when mm-hmm. i find it very insulting when politicians come out with those usual predictable statements yeah um, and I, I and i avoid it for my own mental well-being because like you helen i'm very easily triggered and like emotionally and psychologically triggered um, moving from one country to another, let's take us back closer to home. So last week, if you don't know, we had a federal election. We now have a new government, Labour, instead of Liberal, um, capital L. So like, um, we now have a more progressive government for y'all out there, outside <laughs> of this country. Um, more progressive, but, you know, I mean, the leader, uh, Anthony Albanese is his name now. We have a new prime minister and... Um, mm. I generally just think I mean, a lot of people are saying, you know, things are going to change, blah, blah, blah. It's been like monumentally um, a great radical shift in Australian politics, a, like a record number of independents mm-hmm. were voted in, um, which is good. Um, in Australia, but, we call I mean, it the, the teal wave yeah. because the independents represented the colour of teal. Teal, yeah. yeah. But for but, me, um, it's I, more like <laughs> they're all white women, most of them. Oh, yeah. Also, yeah, and also like the lesser of two evils kind of thing, mm. you know. Um, and I have a zero interest in talking about politics. But um, Helen, any thoughts about the election? I was just happy that uh, despite the fact that I know that I'm pointing it out, most two representatives are white women and most of them actually came from the background of liberals. But right. they are more focused of on climate change issues so we are going to see what are they going to do in the next three to four years i'm not going to make any conclusion now but um, i'm just happy to see there are a bit more um diversity i don't like really like you use the word but i hate that word too i hate that but i think it is diversity Um, yeah yeah we have more asians now Mm -hmm. in uh, parliament asian women um which is good news australian's population there's like about just under 15 percent asian uh and in terms of the number of asian people in parliament it's like what is it let me see i did write an article about it i think it's like Um, three percent or less isn't it oh yeah so um it was three percent about three years ago now it's risen up to five five percent asian australian politicians in federal (laughs) parliament (laughs) but it's i mean it's kind of ridiculous when you think about so um the number of asians we have is equivalent to the number of like proportionately, mm-hmm. proportionally speaking, is the same number of African American black people in America. And like when you think about black culture and the way, I mean, it's different. Obviously, yeah, it's very it's different, different. You know, it's very the different. history, everything, slavery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all different. Um, but yeah, it's like quite just interesting to compare it. 
you know, I'm glad that Sally C2 had won in the community yes. of Reed. Congratulations to like, Sally, yeah. of course. <laughs> Even though being like slighted by that. Who was it? Fiona, Fiona, Fiona Martin. Martin or something? Yeah. Oh my God. I can't oh, stand. The worst. Oh my God. I'm not going to. I can't. Actually, Don't I can't start. do it here. I can't do it here. Um, but yeah, um, I am glad that that is over and I'm like looking forward to t- talking to Helen today about our cultural consumption. Yes. Honestly, we've, we've, I've done a lot this week and I, I'm really excited about talking about Amazing. the main, yeah, seriously, Helen, I've got two pieces of, um, like a, a TV series, uh-huh. um, and a book that I'm just like really excited about okay. talking about. Do you want to start or do you want to start? I'll start first. Uh, So over last weekend, uh, we were invited to see a Filipino, uh, sorry, an Australian-Filipino play, which is called Eight La Via by the Red Line production at Wollamaloo. Unfortunately, Jess couldn't join me because she was, well, what happened to you? I think you were just under the weather. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So I went with my son. I think it's such a brilliant performance. It's absolutely visceral acting skills it's um, the heart-wrenching conversations between family members of immigrant families Mm -hmm. i can really feel that and Mm -hmm. probably more emotional for a lot of filipinos i think because there are a lot of references with the historical context of the dictatorship um Mm -hmm. i don't know what's his name marcos he was a previous leader, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and now, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. that now is it's his Duterte? son. Yeah, the junior. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh my god, it's really fucked it's up. It's really fucked it. up. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Anyway, so the, there's a lot of clash between the parent and child of their queer identity, um, immigrant parents, their traumatic past back at home, difficulties of moving on. And, you know, and also I think because the the play is set in the 90s, early 90s, so mm-hmm. I guess a lot of immigrant families back then, they don't have a lot of resources to assess to them if they come into um, challenges in life. For example, in the play, we see that the dad fall into a cycle of alcoholism. I think it's just so much um, extreme performances by the actors who play play the father such a skew for depiction of drunkenness i think mm. and you know mm-hmm. and also the despairness of the kids when the when the kids were leaving him like they decided to leave him because there's just nothing for them to stay with the father yeah. who was not really yeah, exactly. contributing to the family mm. um I thought it was so so good. Um, I think it's still going to the, the the production is due on and to the first weekend of June. So I okay. highly recommend everyone to go and book and see Eight Lovia. Um, it's a showing at the Old Fits. Old Fits, yeah, Wollabaloo. Yeah, which I I actually haven't been to, Helen. Is it good? It's such a cute little pub at the corner in the residential yeah, yeah. area. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's out of yeah. nowhere. It's it's about two blocks away from King's Cross Hotel. Mm. So there's mm. a little bit of walk. It's like yeah. away from the hustle and bustle. I think it's very quiet neighbourhood. Yeah. Oh, nice. I'm not sure if I've been. I feel like I have, but then like maybe it's another theatre I'm thinking of because there's quite a mm. lot of small theatres yes. around. Around King's eastern Cross. area. Yeah, eastern yeah, suburbs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're all doing terrific things. Mm-hmm, yeah. 
Um, I want to before we talk about my main topic, my main <laughs> like recommendation for this week. Um, I want to talk to Helen about senior year, okay, which yeah. is of course trending on Netflix and is a <laughs> r- latest rom. Would you call it a rom com? It's more like a teenage comedy. Yeah, I'd yeah say. I feel it's like it's more like a coming it's, of age. Yeah, it's starring of. Rebel Wilson, and um, I'm sure you guys have all seen it. It's like a movie about uh, a cheerleader who goes into a coma for 20 years and then wakes up and then she's like in Rebel Wilson's body, <laughs> and then Rebel and then she decides at the age of 37 to refinish. High school. Her high school, yeah, yeah. diploma. Um, so she goes back. It's kind of like, I guess the premise is kind of like um, um, a bit of a mix of everything, right? Mm. Like um, never been kissed with an older person going back to, you know, high school. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and then like all the other rom-coms with like the idea of amnesia or um, forgotten memory or something like mm. that. I thought it was okay. I mean, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't rate it. Like it, Rebel Wilson, I think, is absolutely adorable. I can't. I can't it's find her not funny. To watch. She's, yeah, she's she's so, so great. Yeah. I friggin' love her. I think it's it's a it's a fun movie to watch when yeah you want to just watch something that you don't need to really utilize any of your brain cells to think. It's yeah, I I think my f- my favorite character in this movie was her best friend Martha, oh, who turns yeah. out to be the um uh, the, the principal, principal of the school. <laughs> Oh, um, oh, oh, spoiler alert, obviously. Mm-hmm. And she also turns out to be gay, which I love. Um, but I also just love the actress. She's, I think I've seen her everywhere. I think she was in, um, she was in that um, gay, uh, the gay Christmas movie with um, Kristen Stewart. Oh, happiness. And Dave. Happy, happiness. What's the word? Happiest season. Happy days, wasn't Happiest season. Happiest season. season yeah. yeah, yeah. She was the sister. Oh, okay. The weird sister. The weird. Why is it movie. always the weird sister? I freaking love, I freaking love that movie. Um, I freaking love that actress. Yeah. She's like the weird one in, in the movie. Um, but yeah, she I like that Rebel well Wilson. well with that kind of character that is anxious all the time. Yeah, I know Even she the, does the anxiety. that so well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that Rebel um, ends up with a black man. I don't know why. <laughs> I think they. Yeah. Um. I feel as though. Um. I think they had a a joke. Like I feel like the the thing that Hollywood really needs to fucking completely get rid of is this um myth of the big black dick. When we have seen movies, um, uh, we have um, um like my partner is way more kind of um cognizant of this but mm. like aware very aware of the myth being like kind of perpetuated, perpetuated yeah in a joking way yeah it's fucked up it's totally fucked up mm-hmm. um i'm gonna call it for what it is um like for instance i think we were watching jumanji the latest jumanji movie with Dwayne, yeah everyone the rock the rock yeah and Dwayne Johnson, yeah. yeah and i think there was one point where they like compare what the black guy's dick to like the horse's dick, like something about oh, like, yeah, I, I think dick, I, I you know? remember, Do you remember that? that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then in this movie, um, in senior year, they I remember someone dropped the same hint, like, oh, um, that the, the black character, the male romantic lead, insinuating that he had a black, a big dick as well. Which I, I'm like, why is yeah, this? It's always been sexualized, it's isn't it? It's yeah. so fucked up. Also, can I just mention going back to Jumanji that it's fucked up that Morgan Freeman was it Morgan Freeman? No, I don't. No, it was not. Um, uh, hold on. It's um, it's um, Danny DeVito plays Aquafina, right? The grandfather. Is it the next level? And then who? And then yeah. And then who's his best friend? Danny Glover. Yeah, Danny Glover. Yeah, Danny Glover. Yeah. who plays Gl- 
Yeah, can you believe yeah. that he even decides to be like be a horse at the end? Like, I know. Remain? That's just so what the strange. fuck with that? That was so fucked up. That's just so illogical. It's, like, it's just so yeah, strange. I, I just I, thought it was yeah. insulting. It was know, absolutely insulting to yeah. think that a black man would Becomes choose the a, life of an animal, animal yeah. rather than being. I think yeah, that's just so really dehumanised that character. I know exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it was it's awful. So it was absolutely awful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, back to senior year. Uh, it was. Uh, I, I really like the cheerleading, cheer squad, cheer, cheer. What do you even call it? Cheer. Cheer squad. Cheer. Cheerleading. You mean scenes? the the twenty twenty one or the nineteen nineties team? All of them. Okay. All of them. I love watching Rebel Wilson doing cheerleading yeah. stuff. Yeah. But um, I I it reminded me of Bring It On, which is like literally the best <laughs> movie ever. Yeah. I really need to see that again. Um, but yeah, it it was uh, it was like you said, a great kind of um mind calming mind numbing rom rom-com i love i love i love american movies that are set in high school <laughs> I, I absolutely it's love uh, give genre, me any movie it? yeah give me any movie about high school drama honestly mm-hmm. it is just the best but it's got to be funny it's got to be funny yeah, I, i've yeah, never done course. euphoria and i don't think i want to because it just looks so fucking depressing i think it's also funny that how they um portray a lot of um digital age nuances around the you know how she mm. came back from the coma yes, and yes. she's trying to get in touch with the current pop culture and what yeah. is right to do what is Instagram. not right to do and getting followers and noticing yeah. what words that she can't say yeah you can't say gay you can't say, gay. You can't say retard <laughs> yeah. yeah that's funny yeah yeah I really like. Uh, I, w- I would rate this. Um, I also before we talk about your main, uh, your other stuff. I also watched uh, a simple favor this week. Have you ever seen that? No. It's with um Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick. It's great. <laughs> I re- I really like it. It's such a great movie. It's actually based on a book. I didn't know that, but um I watched that again because uh-huh. um you know Billy and Carl and I are doing Gossip Girl. So I was like, mm, I watch. Feel like watching more Blake Lively. Is it like the? I've seen the the trailer for it. It's like a thriller, isn't it? Yeah, you should watch yeah. it, Helen. It's really good. I friggin' love it. Okay, I'll give it. Yeah, I'll give it a think. Yeah, I'll give it. So Helen, um, since Helen is like way more um globally uh, <laughs> great than me, she um she also watched this week the Takedown, which is a French film. On yeah, it's Take a us French film. That. I don't know if anyone watched. It was quite big last year. Um, oh, was it? No, not the film, but the actor who played the main character in the takedown, Omar C. I think he's. I'm gonna apologize this a little bit later because I'm not quite sure about oh, his background. Okay. He's black uh, French who is uh-huh. from, not Jamaica. Certainly not Jamaica, but I can't remember where he's from. But mm. he became popular. He's hot. He's hot. That's all that matters. Yes. <laughs> He became popular last year by playing. I don't know if you were the main character in Lupin. Yeah, the main character in Lupin. Yeah. You know, you have, we have yeah. a black Lupin, which is you yeah know, quite unusual for a lot of people. But it was such a great drama last year. So this the takedown popped up in my feed earlier last it, week. It and, did. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder and, why. I, I guess it's because you know action movie and it's kind of oh, get okay. you get a vibe of the uh, what's it called the one that Will Smith did earlier the Bad Boys, it's a bit oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. But whereas okay, his yeah, partner yeah. is a white dude, a very okay, obnoxious, yeah. um, not a very clever 
another white cop. But yeah, it's something that you watch when you just want to f- relax. It's yeah, not something yeah. that you really need to think a lot. Mm-hmm. But it has mm-hmm. a lot of um, contentions around immigrant issues in oh, France, okay. where yeah. we see earlier. Um, was it last month or this month? Uh, you know, the French election where they had the, mm-hmm. the other candidate that was ultra yeah. right wing, that's anti-immigration, yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything. Yeah, it's got a bit of that in the film. Yeah. Um, speaking of other scenes, did you say did you want to what other cultural consumptions that you have? Oh yeah, yeah. So um, I'm going to go on a big rant, uh-huh, a big okay. shout out recommendation now to uh, Tokyo Vice. It is a new series that dropped on Paramount Plus, and I have to give a shout out to um, Billy and Drew from the Pilot Club who did this episode um, this week. Uh, and uh, the way they talked about it, you know, it was it was interesting. Uh, like I, I have to say, basically the story is um, about this guy called Jake Adelstein. Who is played by Ansel Egort? Is that mm-hmm. how you say his yeah, name? It's such Ogle, a fucking Eagle. weird name. Yeah. yeah um, and uh, so probably know him from Baby Driver or um, West Side Story, the latest one. He's like got the most beautiful face on the planet. It's ridiculous. Only when he's not smiling. When he smiles, he looks kind of like average. But when he's like just like not smiling, he's like the greatest looking human ever who ever lived. Um, so it's about this guy, and the, the series is based on a non non-fiction gonzo journalistic book published okay. decades ago about Jake Jake Allison, who was an American journalist, journalist who went yeah. – yeah, so he moved to Japan when he was 19, studied Japanese literature, and then ended up working for Japan's main newspaper mm-hmm. um, and um, became like this – like the first foreign journalist mm-hmm. basically based in Tokyo. Um, and like I find this series exactly the reason – the source of the main – the main kind of it kind of so de- perfectly depicts the biggest problematic thing about me, which is that I can only I seem to only be able to consume stories refracted through whiteness, and so like uh, it's it's like okay. like Helen, like I look at you and you're like you're actually a very global consumer, just like my friend Billy, and you know a lot of people um, I know, you know they can actually just like watch something that is like made in another country in another in another language and like you know it doesn't have to be someone they know like a famous mm. actor but this is like Ansel Egord is like super famous and it's like the, the, it's really like a white hero um story oh. about a white guy who goes there and like oh I can I can like um pinpoint corruption cuz I'm white and like it's just like seriously so in so many ways it's like problematic and yet uh-huh. and yet and yet I still watch it uh-huh. and yet I'm still so fascinated by by like his experience and I like binged it quite a lot last night it was like quite brilliant um just it has like really famous actors in it like Ken Watanabe Watanabe yeah yeah who is like literally ageless he's like been around forever and uh there's like Rinko Kikuchi who's like super famous um you would have seen her face everywhere she was in Babel. If you if you are like someone who remembers that movie, she was in Pacific Rim Uprising and Pacific Rim. Um, she's quite like she's just a really well known actress. And then you know there's Ansel Egort in the protagonist's um, 
role. Yeah, I, I love it because it's very immersive. Like, he basically is on the crime beat, so he's a crime reporter. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's so funny, Helen, because, like, in the first episode, in the pilot, they have, like, montages of him, like, just studying furiously. The Japanese. You know, like, writing. Yeah, yeah Japanese, writing Japanese characters. And, like, there's a scene where, like, he's, like, looking studying like um you see the the textbook he's copying from uh-huh. and it's like um and it looks like a textbook from like year seven <laughs> year seven high school textbook it's so, so funny um but what i want to know helen because mm-hmm. like i've been thinking because our brother is married to a japanese lady woman, <laughs> yeah. lady yeah and i was thinking i'd love her to watch it because there's a lot of japanese in this series like there's a lot of spoken japanese and i want to because like you remember a few episodes ago we were talking about how hollywood gets actors to talk in another language yeah, speaking and, they, and do they do it, it they often they fuck it up it, yeah. yeah I'm because like from our ears we, when we watch it um, like I'm I don't know Japanese I don't speak it but it sounds like they're doing a pretty great job I would say they'll so have like, to, I, I think because I, I, if they're talking honest, about yeah. a, a journalist that has worked in Japan and it's and the premises is set in Japan they will have to get someone who and I'd, from looking yeah, but at I've, the cast, I've, I can see a couple of familiar faces. Yeah, but I never, like, I, I kind of read a bit about Ansel Egort and, like, he apparently spent, like, four hours a day. I don't know how long. Oh, okay. Um, learning uh-huh. Japanese. Uh-huh. And, like, and he is very convincing. And even the white woman who is... Rachel um, Keller. Who plays, yeah, who plays her, his love interest. Uh-huh. Um, she also speaks a lot of Japanese okay. in this series. Yeah. And it's very convincing. And I'm thinking, like, is uh, uh, number one, I kind of want you, because Helen, for your listeners out there, Helen also speaks a bit of Japanese quite well. Mm. So I think, Helen, I want you to listen to it. Okay. Watch a bit and yeah. tell me if you think it's convincing or just, like, get our sister-in-law to tell us whether or not it's convincing. Because, like, I'm thinking, is it really just, like, they're really doing a good job of it and I'm – or, like, are they doing a shit job and we can't tell? Or is Japanese, like, much easier to pull out, pull off than Chinese? Mm. Do you think? I don't know. I feel like I it think might I have be. to watch it first to decide oh, okay. because, after all, it is a program that is going to set for majority white audience. White people. Oh, definitely, it? definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I just like I watched that series, Helen. This series, uh-huh. Tokyo Vice, and I just, I just know out there, there's like a thousand white young white dudes just thinking, oh, I'm gonna be like that. I'm gonna go to Tokyo and like, or like you know, sleep with all. Oh, these, so like, there's a lot of fetishization. Is no, there? I have to say, not really. Okay. Not really. There is. There, I. I didn't find. Like, I. I'm actually glad that his romantic interest is not a, a Japanese, Japanese woman. Mm-hmm. Just because I just. I would just cringe if mm, that happens. Like, yeah. ugh. Like, I'm glad he's kind of basic and just likes a blonde <laughs> woman. He's so basic. Yeah. Um. But um. Like there are definitely there are moments where he. Like there's the white white gaze of him like oh I'm the I'm the one with the rational American yeah like, they always feel sense of superior justice. And... yeah um I have to say I think I feel like my sense of whether or not this um this series is totally tokenizing and fetishizing Japanese culture I feel like I my current my way of measuring it is fucked up just because I'm so in love with um the main character oh He's just so yeah you're biased I'm so biased <laughs> it's just it's I can't I can't actually um <laughs> i can't actually assess this series um accurately just because i'm I, I would watch ansel egor in anything mm, yeah just his face like I, I i unfortunately did the shit thing and uh unfortunate thing and googled him and realized he was uh, me too'd oh. he has been me too'd yeah okay. unfortunately uh, but like i also am not surprised 
Yeah, okay. So, uh, last thing on my cultural consumption this week, I actually trying to pick which one I want to talk about. Okay, so before you gonna... pick, I'm going to say just FYI, guys, Tokyo Vice is on Paramount Plus. Mm. I actually signed up to Paramount Plus just, oh, just for this oh my show. God, really? Yeah, but I am going to um, think about whether or not I'm to going continue to this keep going. Yeah. <laughs> But but uh, there is some pretty good shows on there, like Inside Amy Schumer's on there. Yes, best best show on the planet ever. Speaking of Born Amy City. Schumer, you were telling me oh, to yeah? watch something of that show, even though if it's only like short clips on the Facebook, because she her, yeah. her page on Facebook yeah. has like yeah, three yeah. minute, four minute clips. I was a little bit disappointed because she made made a skit about nurses. The last few days, and that didn't turn oh, out did well. She? Yeah, I think what she, happened? What was it? She just presented the nurses as in you know how those midday talk show where mm. you have several women sit around table and they just mm-hmm. talk about things what we do on the yeah, podcast, yeah. literally like the view, like yeah, the like view. the view. So she made a skit about like four nurses talking about things of their uh-huh. daily lives uh-huh. and uh-huh. having the audiences asking their questions. But the uh-huh. way that she made it was almost as if that she's portraying the nurses as in the really bad characters. So that oh, I didn't, think I've seen this. That I've seen the sketch before. Had, yeah, it didn't go down well with the comments. Oh, A lot okay. of people are but saying isn't, that you're making fun out of you know, nurses. Yeah, but isn't, isn't that like from years ago? Uh, I'm not quite sure if it's from years ago, but it's yeah, just oh, recently okay. been oh. yeah uploaded onto that okay. page, and yeah, people well, are calling well, out. Yeah, but yeah. but on that page they upload old sketches. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, you never know. I, I don't know. I don't look oh, yeah. into it. I just thought that. Okay. Oh, I don't know. I, I still think she's like the greatest comic genius ever. <laughs> she's so great. But also, Sabrina Teenage Witch is on Paramount Plus. Oh, okay. All of it, the uh-huh. whole thing, yeah. And I remember growing up and watching, watching it that on Sunday nights. Oh yeah. my god, it is so great. <gasps> okay, back to you, Helen. Okay, so my final cultural consumption that I decided to talk about is Freaky Friday <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> with Jamie Lohan, Lee, yeah. Jamie Lee, Jamie Lee Curtis, Curtis. and Lizzie. Yeah. Lo- okay, I watched that with Billy about a month ago. Oh, and did that you? Was, like, our favorite night ever. <laughs> we were so happy. It was just something so fun to watch, and especially watching it with my nine-year-old daughter. Did you? Yeah, we. Oh my god! We, we did you watch it with Aya? Oh yeah, yeah, we watched it with Aya. We couldn't decide whether or not we would go for Parent Trap or Freaky Parent Friday. Trap best night ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then uh, we show her the trailer, and she's decided to watch Freaky Friday um, for the fact that because I haven't seen it before, and she hasn't seen it. before. You haven't. No, I haven't. I've seen Parent Trap oh gosh, years ago, Helen. but I haven't seen yeah. Freaky Friday. Yeah. yeah. And it was so fun to watch with a young kid. Your I think. sister. I mean, sorry, your, your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love it. I love how I love everything about that movie. I love um, I love um, the, the stepfather, NCIS. <laughs> I love Jamie Lee Curtis. I love that she's a psychologist. <laughs> And then, like, Lindsay Lohan bullshits her way through the day. Yeah. And she goes to get a new wardrobe and stuff for her mum. Oh, my God, it's so good. How did you feel about the uh, very problematic depiction of the Asian characters? Um, It's very fucked up. It's very fucked up, I think. Yeah, it it exoticizes It exoticizes the Asian language. I think that was – it was a clip that was – included in that video essay that we yeah. talked about how um, Hollywood couldn't get the foreign language correctly. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 
but it was just so funny at the same time. I thought it was so nostalgic to see a 90s Chinese restaurant. You don't see them anymore. Yes. That's something I, yes. I picked up and talked to my um, you know, husband about. I have it. to say, Helen, um, maybe go to a regional part of the country. Oh, uh, yeah. And you might, Probably. Yeah. But also yeah. um, Bob Hawke's Leisure Center, which is in Marrickville. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. They Apparently, do a mock version a, of that. Uh-huh. Apparently yeah, it's and quite it's, retro, isn't it? Yeah. It is. I mean, all, only white fucking hipsters are there <laughs> most of the time. But, like, um, I went in and I was like, this is so fucking fancy. Also, I feel like I stepped into a set of like an 80s film about uh-huh. set in a Chinese restaurant it's uh-huh. very very atmospheric you should come yeah okay yeah we'll come find and, the time. Yeah, yeah check it out one day yeah yeah it's so funny to watch because I asked my daughter about her yeah what she'd think of the movie and she said mm, oh, yeah, yeah it's funny you know and I asked her oh what would you do if we ever exchange our body oh my god <laughs> And she said, oh, I don't know, but I can do impressions of you. <laughs> yeah, and she did. <laughs> she did. Oh, my God. She said oh, that. I see that. Uh, you always say that, clean up your room, clean up your room, or get your, wear your slippers, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She oh does my a God, brilliant impression so... of me, yeah. Yeah, yeah, love her, love her. And Helen, what would you do in a nine-year-old's body? <laughs> I don't know. It's just so You'd awkward. go out and play with, with dogs all day. I think I would just That's spend my time do. with dogs, yeah. Dogs, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would never want to go back to high school. High school is so boring. Not for me. high school for but me, definitely not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, Lindsay Lohan is great. Like, um, at one point, Billy and I were going through Lindsay Lohan canon. Uh-huh. Um, mean Girls. We still have to do Mean Girls, obviously. Um, even though I've seen that about ten thousand times. Um, but uh, I, I really liked. Um, I kind of really liked. Like, I, I remember crying when I saw. Freaky Friday oh, a, really? a, a month ago uh-huh. when I watched it with Billy. Yeah, Which because part? Like, oh, the, when, when the they end. get back together, yeah, again, yeah. when they hug. Because yeah. like, it's like a mother and a daughter realising, kind of finding their, like being sympathetic to each other. Exactly. You know, being yeah. sympathetic. Like, and I, uh, I, you know, um, her friends, Lindsay Lohan's friends were like quirky. They were all in a band together, mm. you know, and she, she wanted to play at some competition and then, yeah, and her, her crush, Jake... <laughs> Is that his name? Jake? Chad Michael Michaels or something? Yeah. That guy. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, another movie that's similar um, where a guy and a guy and a girl swap bodies. What's that movie called? You know? I forget what um, who plays in it, but it's like um, it's an- another team rom-com where um, two neighbours who hate each other but they're both very attractive. They swap bodies and so the guy becomes a girl and the girl becomes a guy. I want to watch that again. That was a really good movie. The change, and probably like no, the change up. Probably no, boy girl. Probably, it's a boy girl. It probably now seen through today's lens would be like very. You could read it through trans literature, trans theory lenses. Yeah, which would yeah. be interesting. I'm just trying to look it up right now. Do you remember what year was it? No, eighteen. Oh, no, not the, the this all. But we will find that, and I probably will watch it this week and then talk about it next week. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. So um. Oh, before we leave our cultural consumption, I want to give a shout-out to my book that I've been reading this week. Um, It is uh, the sequel to The Idiot um, by Ellis Beltman. Mm -hmm. Uh, Probably one of my favourite books ever. So this was published in about 2016 or 15, I think. And then um, I'm now reading her sequel, Either Or. Um, And it's great. Like, it's just a story about a woman, like, kind of loosely based on Ellis Bartman herself she's a New Yorker writer um, and she like studied literature for a number of years she went to Harvard 
uh, and it's just about her university life, really. Mm-hmm. This, the plot is not very strong, but like I don't care because her writing is just brilliant. It's very funny. It's kind of like a mix between um, uh, Otessa Moshfeg and... And Otessa Moshfeg. Yeah, it's like <laughs> really just funny. Yeah, it's really funny. It's really funny writing. I really like it. Yeah, so that is my book of the week, Either Or by Elif Bautman. Okay. B-A-U-T-A-T-M-A-N. I need something like that now, I think. I can't. Mm. I, I can't read anything that's depressing. <laughs> but going yeah. through all the bookshows, all the most of the books that you gave us are quite depressing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's okay. my style. So that's the end of our episode today. Uh, before we go, uh, I always have to mention that we are seeking our listeners' feedback and gathering some information on what sort of topics you'd like to listen to. And in return, we're giving away a copy of G. Hakin's Beast of Little Land. So for your chance to win, please follow the link on our episode show notes and complete the survey. So that's the end of our episode. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple and give us a five-star rating. If you'd like to support what we do here at Asian Beaches Down Under, head to our Buy Me Coffee page and make a donation for us to continue the intersectionality in the podcast industry. So that's the end of our episode today and we'll chat to you next time. Bye. Bye.